generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Luke 15, very quickly. It's a long read. I'm going to read alone from verse 11 uh, to verse 31. I'm going to skip a couple of verses, definitely. But I want to quickly speak into the matter of breaking soul ties. I, I love this font. Immediate. I love the font. I love the font. Okay, so cool. Luke 15, verse 11. If you're there, say amen. Can you say louder amen to that? Amen. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So the father divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country. So the father did the allocation and this guy did the transportation. He went to a far country and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Let me tell you a little bit by saying this. Anytime you try to allocate your resources without the supervision or surveillance of the father, it will end up being a waste. Anytime you try to allocate divine resources, your gifts, talents, abilities, ideas, innovation, creativity, opportunities, insights, wherewithal, relationships, without the supervision and the surveillance of the father who gave you the gifts, you're going to end up being wasted. Have you heard the expression before? People say, I, got to, I went to the club and I was. Of course, because when you come under club that it used to pummel you, you end up being wasted. Why do you know the father? He said every good and perfect gift comes from who? The father of lights. Some people want the gifts but they're using the gifts without the light. It would be a waste. Because even naturally when you try to cook in your house when you try to do stuff in the kitchen and it's all dark, what happens? You trip up over stuff. Things spill. The salt will be too much. Someone goes, who cooked this food? There's too much soup in the salt. <laughs> Burnt offering. Another sweet smell. Tell me all about that. I'm skilled at that. So you didn't get that. You get it next year. So, he went to a far country and he wasted his possessions. Watch this. The fact that you've possessed your possessions does not mean you know how to maximize them. Because the word doesn't say his father's possessions. The word says his own possessions. How? We're prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. Then he went and, this is my key word in this text, then he went and, what's the next word there? Joined himself, tied 
himself. Connected himself. Forced and glued himself. Forced and glued himself. Attached himself. Who has other translations? Joined, forced, and glued. Attached, tied himself to a citizen of that country. It's interesting here now that when God speaks about this connection, he moves from identity, that's sonship, to citizenship. Is somebody still here? I need your minds this morning. He starts off by saying this guy is a son, but this guy takes his possession, goes to a faraway land, and then he joins himself to who? A citizen of that country. Someone who was registered with a different set of principles, governing principles, ideologies, social political equations, somebody from another world. And when that happened, he began to be in one. That citizen now sent him to his fields to feed swine. And it would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods, not the apple eye pods, that the swine ate and no one gave him, come and read with me this morning, no one gave him what? Anything. No one gave him anything. Because your entitlement is from the kingdom you're in. Rather, your entitlement is from the kingdom you're from. Yeah. Your supply is connected to the kingdom you're from. Yeah. Let's sing. So, Yeah, no one gave him anything. Verse seventeen. But when he had, when he came to himself, somebody is going to come to himself this morning. That amen can be better. Somebody is going to come to herself this morning. There's going to be a stirring in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, in your internal environment that is going to cause you to just stretch and blow and you will say to yourself I do not belong here I do not belong here I deserve better I refuse to be bound shackled chained glued locked down manipulated controlled maneuvered pushed to the right and shoved to the left I refuse to be under the thumb of somebody's desires and dictates and manipulations I refuse and I am going back to my father's house if it's not you be quiet if it's you you say yes. So I will go back to my father's house. How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger? Verse 18 says, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. Why have I sinned against heaven? Because the time I should have used to fulfill the mandate of heaven, I have been using to sleep with a man from hell. Oh, 
when I say a man from hell, I'm not saying the man was produced by hell. I mean, the, the man is representing hell's interests. The time I should use to focus on the word of God, I keep using to try to repent. It's a sin against heaven. When I use time and resources that heaven gave me to build eternal structures in the hearts and the minds of people and I use that on self-gratification taking care of my body that is here for 78 and 90, 120 years and eventually drops dead and nobody cares about my makeup, my mascara, my weave on, my weave under, whatever it is, nobody cares about that it's a sin against heaven so I will go back and say I've seen against heaven and I've seen against you and I am or before you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son verse 19 make me like one of your hired servants and he arose and came to his father but when he was still a great way off his father saw him and had compassion some of you feel that you are running towards God but it's God that's running towards you father ran and fell on his neck and that whole thing that pigs had been doing to him. The father kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Isn't it interesting that before he could get to the point of make me a hard servant, the father interrupted his apology. is going to gush this morning and those of you who have disqualified yourself from heaven's agenda heaven is going to give you a requalification opportunity heaven is going to invade your heart your soul your mind your spirit your essence with his grace and then we know the rest of the story to bring out the best for him and all that good stuff father we thank you for the impartation of your word we receive life we receive light receive grace and strength in Jesus name we have prayed so I want to talk about soul ties I can't do an exhaustive job because of the limitations of time but I'll give us a couple of things that will give us uh, an understanding a fundamental comprehension of what we're talking about so first off let me put this out of the way you will not find the expression soul ties in the Bible you will not find the expression soul ties in the Bible pretty much like you're not going to find the expression masturbation in the Bible you're not going to find pornographic pornography in the Bible what is it not going you're not going to find nicotine in the Bible in fact you will not even find Bible inside Bible do you realize that Noah didn't have a Bible some of you look sort of dazed going to kings again. How can they say Noah did not have a Bible? Show me in the Bible where Noah read his Bible. <laughs> but he had the word of God. Right? So you won't find soul ties in the Bible and a couple of people have mystified the whole concept and have made it into other stuff. Like people tell you things like a soul tie means that there is a demon in that person and that demon in that person is also the demon in you and so you're connected by a demon spirit perpetually. Now, you're not going to find that in the Bible. Are you going to find demonic spirits pervading over certain environments and atmospheres? Definitely. Are you going to find demonic spirits operating in a certain space? Are you going to find 
certain spirits hanging around certain kinds and classes of people? Absolutely. So if you don't want to use the word soul tie, think about the word like this, being joined. <laughs> being joined. And when we think about being joined, it's not just negative, it's also, it can also be positive. For example, the word actually says, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So what's that joining? Now, some people think that soul ties are just all about sex. But when the Bible is talking about what God has joined together, he's not saying that God made Adam and Eve have sex. That's not what he's talking about. He was saying that by spiritual and divine approval, he allowed their souls to begin to vibrate at a certain kind of frequency. Come on, somebody. Yeah? Now, we also do understand, according to 1 Kings chapter 6, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you read from verse 17 all the way to 21, it begins to explain to us the place of sex uh, in joining. Now, in sex, in that scripture, it actually does not say that there's going to be a soul tie when you have sex. That's not what it says. It actually says that when you sleep with somebody, you are joined with the person. It specifically says that you become one, what? Flesh with the person. What it also therefore means is that it's possible for you to have sex with somebody and there's no soul tie. It's possible for you to have sex with somebody and there's no soul tie. For example, if somebody, God forbid, rapes somebody else, it does not mean there's any soul tie there. It's a body tie. It's the flesh. Are you getting this? So the joining is not specifically sex. The joining is deeper than sex. Sex can expose you to all the things in that person's body. Your body is joined to their body, so whatever flows in their body can flow in yours. Whatever STD, whatever STI, whatever what else? STSs, pardon? Whatever ST things can flow in the body. But it does not automatically mean that because you had sex with somebody, you now have a soul tie with the person. If you have sex with somebody, you've broken the law of God. You've broken the divine parameters put in place for your own protection and your own safety and you've exposed yourself to other things and there are certain things that are actually deeper than that soul tie in that regard guilt and condemnation weariness and uncertainty distrust different kinds of things so what is a soul tie or what can we define as a soul tie a couple of things so that you can just have an understanding if there is a joining, a joining in soul, mind, will, and emotions. Joining in soul, mind, will, and emotions. A joining. Yeah? You can also use the word a knitting together of souls a knitting together of souls. So if somebody can go very quickly to the book of, I believe it's 1 Samuel chapter 18. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. Can somebody read that if you're there? 
had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was linked to the soul of David. When he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of who? Jonathan. Jonathan was neat. That's a strong word. How many of you remember neating? Was what the cool kids did. The uncool kids, they did sue. But the cool kids, they need stuff. Now, in knitting, what do you do? You intertwine singular threads into a mesh such that you can no longer distinguish which rope is which rope or which thread is which thread. It's intertwined. So a soul tie is an enmeshing of souls to the degree that one person begins to think, feel, conduct themselves or behave like somebody else. Now this is not mimicking the other person and this is not trying to make fun of the other person. This is something that happens as a result of a joining. Somebody say joining. Now you also see in this case that we don't see a demon involved in it. I wanted to understand this. We don't even see God initiating it. Yeah. I'm going to it's important, I tell you that, because I'm like, is a demon holding me back? You can expose yourself to demonic influences, but understand this first. Paul, in talking about the works of the flesh, is that know ye not that to whom you submit yourselves to obey, the same is your master. So he didn't say that that thing comes to dominate you, he says you first of all submit and then it masters you. So every soul tie starts with your soul submission. Understand that now. It's not a soul hijack without you. In fact, remember Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel, the very first murder in the Bible? Murder, she wrote. Very first murder in the Bible, right? The word says that God spoke to Cain. Cain, Cain, what's happening? Cain was not a sweet guy that we call sugar Cain. Cain, Cain, do you want to chop? This is what he said. He said, Cain, Cain, what happens? Sin lies at your door. But it says if you do what's right, what will happen? You will master it. So every soul tie starts with your own submission to the equation. It starts with that. Not somebody beside you and say, do you have a soul tie? Some of you didn't knock anybody like, if you look at me this morning, do you have a soul tie? So, so understand that this soul tie, First Samuel chapter 18 verse 1, 
it is not negative. In fact, it is positive and God uses this relationship as an incubator and a vehicle to transport David to the throne. So the right soul ties will help you reach the throne. The wrong soul ties will rob you of your throne. Again, my soul tie, in case you're you know, very um, strict with words. Okay, join in. Right? The right soul alignment with people, the right engagement, the right relationships have been given by God to accelerate your journey and your processes to the throne. Don't forget what we read in 1 Samuel chapter 2, 8 and 9. The other day, we said that the God, he lifts the poor out of the dunghill and the beggar, raises the beggar from the dust that he may sit with princes and inherit the throne of glory. How does that happen? You inherit the throne of glory by being connected to those that God has called to you. God has called you too. We read it that many came to help David become king. So even though there was a prophecy for kingship, the anointing for kingship, there were certain individuals. The key person we find here is Jonathan. Somebody raise your right hand and say, I receive my Jonathan. I'm not talking about the one that didn't give us much luck. Somebody say, I receive my Jonathan. Some of you don't know how important this prayer point is. Jonathan will give up his space for you if it needs to because he knows that you're the person with the oil and the mantle and the calling and the grace. Jonathan is going to say, my daddy does not like what I'm doing, but I'll take a bullet for you. A soul tie, the right soul tie will take a bullet for you. The wrong one will let you chop the bullet that is not yours.
Because when the prodigal son joined himself to the citizen, he joined himself by himself. The word did not say the citizen joined himself back to him. So here's this innocent girl. He's got the picture of this guy on the wallpaper, digital, prints full-blown size. The reason she doesn't like you coming into her room is because her room is filled with pictures and pictures and pictures and pictures of this guy in trad and Yoruba demon attire. I know Yoruba demons, by the way. In different forms and different fashions. And her soul, she has joined herself. How has she joined herself? in her soul her mind keeps thinking about it there was someone that used to live i think in your room right way back someone that used to live in her room she had maybe a crush but i feel it was more than a crush you know how you know that it's more than a crush when you start doing physical things in that direction so this lady had a crush on a radio dj a radio presenter or something yeah and then she would write letters to him right and talk about it was so bad that I even knew that she had something and so in her mind and see you know there's a soul tie as well when the lines of logic and common sense become blurred and delusion takes over false expectations false expectations so if there's false teaching in the place it can bring unhealthy loyalty or misplaced loyalty where anytime there is danger instead of me first of all crying to God I begin to cry to my pastor let me not go too deep Number two, now in those areas, let me just still talk about false teaching. False teaching will eventually lead to DIM, dim, you dim your light. But that's domination, intimidation, manipulation. You might have heard about the name, what's the name of that guy that killed people in America years ago? Gene what? Gene Jones. Built such a cult following and told people that he was the Messiah and all of that. And then suddenly everybody should come. He was going to take them to heaven. He poisoned them. I don't remember how many scores of people. But you can check it out online. Then you think, how can people be so stupid? How? What governs your loyalty? Many times, loyalty is built based on trust. Trust built on belief. Belief built on repeated teachings. So I can die for a false teaching because it was repeated enough in a way that was seductive enough for long enough. So that's why you're careful what you listen to. Careful what you pay attention to. Careful who you give your heart to. And I say, I'm not giving your heart to you. If they have your ears, they'll soon get your heart. Because ears are gateways to the heart. 
when Jesus said, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it persists the issues of, of life, the door to the room is what you need to lock to guard the room. Your heart is the room. Your eyes and ears and sex organs are the door. Is this too heavy for somebody? So false teachings will lead to domination. And so in certain places, we see it happen in the Bible once, maybe twice, three times, where a prophet will come to somebody and say, what do you have, woman? Oh, I've got a cruise of oil and flour. Make me some cake and give us something to drink. It happened once. It wasn't the lifestyle of Elijah. Was it Elisha? It wasn't the lifestyle of Elisha. So I'm not saying a prophetic word cannot call you to give up your stuff, even your life. God can do that, but not every day. <laughs> Empty your account. And after a while, you know, every week, you know. Number two, fornication. It can lead to undue attachments and sadly our sisters are oftentimes the most impacted by this why because the woman is a receptacle the woman is designed to receive and multiply to receive and amplify to receive and increase whatever is given to her watch this even in the physical equation I'm not trying to get so graphic but in the physical equation of sexual interaction the, the man leaves the deposits and goes the deposit remains in the woman so similarly it's easier for a man to get out of a soul relationship and move on and leave the woman nursing nurturing, incubating, brooding, multiplying, expanding that which the man has left. Look at somebody, say don't sleep with anybody you're not married to. Don't say but we are already married in our minds. mind is already a done deal. God give me a word. Calm down. You have to be very discerned, especially women. Extremely discerning. There are people that are married as we're speaking, but they are the third wife, but they don't know as we're speaking. Because one is in Canada where the can is harder for her. Another one is in Australia. Hopping around kangaroos. They're in Nigeria. Look at somebody say, shine your eye. <laughs> so the soul can become tied because, watch this, what you intended for the sexual encounter was totally different. About, I did a study one time. There are about 131, I think 151, but I take the lower figure when I'm not sure. So I'll put out 131 reasons why people have sex. 131 reasons. Why people have sex. Yeah, I was angry. I was bored. True stuff. True stuff. I was angry. I was bored. I wanted to get back at him. I had eight and I wanted to pass it on. I was raped and I wanted to revenge. 
unreal. So in your mind, you're thinking, I'm doing it for love. I'm doing it for love. I'm doing it for love. He's saying, I'm angry at job. I'm angry at my workplace. I need an outlet. Don't become an inlet for someone who just needs an outlet. Verse 3, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. <laughs> Proverbs 22, verse 5, 24 to 25. Proverbs 22, verse 5, and then verses 24 to 25. Thorns and sneers are in the way of the perverse. He who guards himself will be far from them. Do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man, lest you learn his ways and find a sneer for yourself. Now, look at all of these things. He still does not say it's the devil bringing you to the evil person. Are you getting this? Sometimes people teach that these demons that now demons demons have no right to enter except you open the door. Ecclesiastes says, he that breaks the hedge, that's the person the serpent will bite. It never says that serpents will break the hedge. can two walk together unless they be agreed number four perverted twisted family ties perverted so there's some families where the people are so close the brother and sister are so close you're wondering why they are so close so tight sometimes they sleep with each other sometimes they grew up let me tell you we're possibly dealing with two or three here I'm not saying I don't know anybody by the spirit, I can pick certain things out. So this is serious stuff. They're so close. They can't, they can't do anything without each other. Talk to, talk to my brother. Talk to my sister. Talk to my sister. Sometimes it's a perversion that has been passed on. I, one of the first things that shocked me in my earlier years in ministry, I was shocked. I'm still shocked right now. Just that right now, I have shock absorbers. In ministry, when you see stuff, I've seen Somebody told me that he slept with twins, the different people, and they used each other to get perversion, right? Then, that's not the one that shocked me. Like, eh, yeah, I've done it. No, that's not a shock. The one that shocked me, somebody said to me, I have two children for my dad. Yes. Two children. So not only was she ripped, violated, she surrendered to the process. And they became pregnancies. So the father is the grandfather. The mother is the sister. That's perversion. That's perversion. Many of you don't know where this whole gay, homosexuality, bisexuality movement is going. It is going, it's targeted at wiping out the purity of the human being. The reason God wiped out people in the days of Noah was that only Noah's family had not been perverted either in body or in spirit, in heart. 
Because what's going to happen or the plan is that first of all, we'll decimate male and female. You know, if there was nothing wrong with a man wearing female clothes, why did they used to call them cross-dressers? Doesn't that mean you're crossing the line? Crossing the border. Don't use that word, you know, anymore in mainstream. But they have drag queens. Because there was something about the fidelity and the purity of your masculinity, your femininity, the distinctions allowed the glory of God to flow through the unique expressions of those genders. And so, in a family relationship, when the father becomes the husband of the daughter, that's perversion, that's pollution. It's good to see you, Nathan. It's amazing having you. Number four. Oh. Number five. Occult involvement. Occult involvement. Many of us know all of this stuff. Why do they have blood tokens when the, rather the life of an animal is in it? Life of animals in its blood. So for those occult relationships, what happens? Their blood ties that go in there. And so the soul ties are essentially they produce emotional dependences that predispose a person to manipulation. So what are some of the things that let you know that you have a soul type? I wish I'd go into why people get soul type. What are some of the things that will help you know that you're dealing with that? Number one, if you find yourself doing things you don't want to do or you have feelings you don't want to feel and they revolve around a certain person especially when it's out of line with the word of God. It's like a pool, a compulsive, compelling pool. So you keep calling this person over and over. This person insults you, but you're still calling. Yum, that you will not pound for your father. You will go and buy yum. Ayetinshi. That means that the world is doing the person. Mommy would say, hey, please help me iron the clothes. <laughs> Mommy, I'm tired. They say, hey, babe, show. Yes, sir. Consistently alter your life into what you think they prefer. So all of a sudden, you're looking for shopping month to change your clothes now. Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't look good. Of course, look good. But now you don't want to look good. You want to look sexy. Says he. Number three. When you increasingly refrain from other healthy relationships and you only find safety, soccer, security, self-assurance with this person. Like when you're not, when you're not with this person, you feel like you're less of a person. Now that's permitted within marriage because you are joined officially. 
But if you're not yet married and you're seeing that your esteem is 13% when he's not around, there's something wrong with that equation. Compulsive behavior that is morally wrong, like addictions, sexual perversions, threesomes, foursomes, the other sums that you can't solve with any mathematical equation. These are some of the things. In our text, there's so many other things I could say, but in our text, we find the prodigal son, we call him the prodigal son, but he's a son. He has resources, he has possessions, but now the word says that he journeys into a far country. Can I ask you a question? Did the citizen of the country come to look for him? Many of our soul ties started from our curiosity. We are looking for something special. Looking for a bad boy. Angels were like, see all these good boys, all these good boys. They are too good, they are too good, they are too good. I want someone that can show me Tear me apart. I, can I preach this morning? The word says that he journeyed into a far country. Realize that every journey into a far country starts with a step. A step away from common sense. I am persuaded, because I've seen it in my life, that every human being will have at least a two to five common sense reset gap before they do something stupid. Two to five seconds. That thing will just say, don't do it. And in those two to five seconds, either you do it or just say, God, help my life. One step away. And he kept going until he was called a far country. Some of us, we did not start out bad. But a series of bad decisions have led us from kneeling beside our beds in prayer to kneeling beside other beds doing other things. Oh, can I talk right now? Some of us have moved away from the goody two shoes. In fact, your dad and your mom, this is ah, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a, angels are like, no, sir, you got that wrong. Something's going, no, 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 sir, we can't agree with you on that part. Some of you are even pastor's children. They wrote a song, I'm a pastor. All this kind of things. It did not start overnight. It started over time. So he finds himself in a far country. Look at somebody say, we're living the far country this morning. Started from a far country and in that country the word said that he wasted everything that he had a negative soul tie will waste your resources it will waste your time watching movies that have no eternal consequence it will waste your heart squandering your passions your emotion your dignity your self-esteem your acknowledgement your drive your goal your persuasion will become pervasion it will waste your brain you 
will find yourself thinking in reverse, locking yourself into a loop, wound up like a knitting gone bad. We can't even pull the tangled threads out any longer. It will waste your dreams because it's going to replace your clear and crisp picture of possibility with a picture of manipulation, domination, and intimidation. It will replace your aspiration with a sense of arrival. It will nurture you into hell and wind you into a close. It will lock you up into a room and make that room your worldview so you can see beyond that thing and beyond that space and beyond that environment. It will make you a shadow of yourself. You will think you are looking fine but you will look ugly on the inside of you. You know you're in a far country when you can hear the voice of daddy anymore. It's, it's a far country now because you can't see your big brother any longer. You can hear the blitzing of sheep or the mooing of cows or the merriment of music. It's a far country. You look at the Bible and it looks like a storybook. That's even if you can find it. You're in a far country when you log onto the blogs and the vlogs of people who hate God and you like what they put in. You're in a far country when you have no recollection of the fact that you were the kid on the block in Sunday school with the memory verses and your confidence and your gusto when you walked up to the lectern and you recited three, four, five, ten memory verses without any recourse to any written material. You're in a far country when you want to pray but you can't even say in the name of Jesus. When you want to cry but your eyes are too dry for tears. You're in a far country when all hell breaks loose and everyone around but they can't discern the future. They have big snorts, but with the same snort, they snort out dirt and spew out bile and the smell nasty and the look grimy. He was surrounded by pigs, by pigs, pigs filled with cocaine, pigs filled with slime and body fluids, pigs filled with marijuana and alcohol, breath stinking with grime and body filled with lubes, pig life becoming like one of them. The word says he joined himself. So this is the citizen and the citizen sends him. Somebody says they sent him. Shout aloud they send him. So send me somewhere. Send me somewhere. Go there. I have to go now. Because a soul tie will relieve me of my self-determination. I can't determine what I say any longer. I can't make any decisions without recourse to how he will feel and how she will think and how they will act. So even though I want to go to pray, he says, no, let's go to the club. And we go. I want to read my Bible, he says, no, let's watch the pawn. I want to hang around the right friends, and no, let's move around and drink. Because in the far country, I'm joined to him. Lead me. So wherever he goes, I'm going because I'm joined. I'm 
joint I can't help myself I have two feet but I can't stand on my own I have a brain but I can't think for myself I have gifts but they're going nowhere I'm in a far country I'm in a far country because seeing will take you farther than you wished to go and keep you longer than you planned to stay and hurt you deeper than you thought it could in a far country but I'm grateful to God that even though he was in a far country this identity was still in him his identity was still on the inside of him God's grace is bigger than your soul tire God's grace is bigger than your mistakes God's grace is bigger than your addictions God's grace is bigger than your hell than your fear than your struggles than your shame than your losses God's grace is bigger God's grace is bigger Lord release all over this house a gush of grace and I pardon of mercy a release of life and love shut up the whole atmosphere with your presence in a far country you're not a pig but when you hang around pigs for too long you sort of forget who you are watch this nobody took him to the far country and nobody took him away from the far country when you lose not your identity but when you lose consciousness of your identity you will stray but when you regain consciousness of your identity you will stay he lost his culture but he didn't lose his nature and your identity still remembers the way home So he began to rehearse his speech. I would now go back to my father's house. So that I would tell him to make me one of his hard servants. Because the more I eat the swine food, the hungry I become. The more I drink the water, the thirsty I become. My soul is famished. There's somebody in here this morning, your soul is thirsty. Can't even find any kind of refreshing. But I said he came to his senses. What do you do with your senses? Recognition, analysis, processing, re memory, retention. So he came to the consciousness of who we are, of who he was. And in that consciousness, El Adami, in that consciousness, he began to go back home. But the word says the father was waiting for him. <laughs> because the father saw him afar off. Can I propose to you that the light that guides your way is the beaming streams of God's law from his eyes. That gaze melts my shame 
into that contact with the divine. I'm so transfixed on his beauty. And his beauty swallows up my ugliness. He said, I'm nowhere to be called your son. The father allowed him to say because that's a part of repentance and the soul needs to be purged. But the father didn't allow him to complicate his destiny by saying, make me one of your hard servants. Here's what happened before he could say, make me. The father said, hey, my son is back. Why did the father say that? The word is sharper than any double-edged sword. He cut off the words and he cut off the ties. One practical way to cut off a soul tie, cut off communication, baby. Cut off the phone calls and the text messages and cut off the things that you've been writing because words are the life of a relationship. So he cut it off. He cut it off. He said that this word pierces the dividing asunder between soul and spirit. The, the joining between soul and spirit is more delicate and intricate than the joining between soul and soul. Because the spirit is deeper. So if the word is strong enough, to separate soul and spirit. Soul and soul is ABC. We don't have enough time, but we'll deal with some stuff in second service. Let's raise our hands to the Lord. Say, Lord, I surrender my heart and my soul for spiritual surgery this morning. I'm not staying in the far country any longer. I'm not staying in the far country any longer. I'm not staying in the far country any longer. Colossians, Philippians says our citizenship is in heaven. I'm not a citizen of the peak land, peak avenue, peak environment. I am also. Second service will deal with healing for your soul. Because somebody needs to be healed. Come and somebody cry to your father. Say, Lord, I expose my heart and my mind to you. The areas of my life, the decisions that I'm making that are not God decisions, that are hinged on the wrong relationships, that are hinged on manipulative tendencies, that are hinged. Somebody cry out to the Lord.
change your soul. of us who have strayed, we come back home. We come back home. I wish I had enough time to explain that the older brother, watch this, was home but was not at home. He did not have a soul tie with the father. The flip side is some of us are cool with God but our souls are not tied to God. David said, rather Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. David said, bless the Lord. Oh, not just my mouth. How do I know the brother was at home but was not at soul with God? By the way, someone says, does God have a soul? Well, it's debatable, but the word says that he that draws back my soul will have no pleasure in him. So when you say things like, and it pleased God, that's talking about the soulish dimension to God. Some of us at home who are not enjoying God. Our souls are not in the thrill, in the flow, in the dimension. It's a joy, it's a grind. The wheels of our engine are grinding, they're cranky. But the Lord is lubricating you this morning. He's giving you fresh oil. Somebody say, I receive it, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. A generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this out.